this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions. Colossal Obsessions. And with us is a very brave man who, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, the Southern black jazz singer, Ray Bone. Wait, he's a jazz singer now? He was <laughs> yeah. a blues singer. Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm talking about the, the Neil Diamond. Jazz singer. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> with with Lawrence Olivier uh-huh. going, I have no son. Very good. And, and uh, anyway, he came out. It took a lot of courage to come out and say this that he's suffering from Munchausen syndrome <laughs> by proxy. And and you I know, love that movie. <laughs> My favorite Coen Brothers. And. And he's, uh, you know, up until now, it's because that's, I think, two, I think one out of every two people in yeah. the public has much. I housing. didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Oh. And now they announce it may be a lot more than that. It's underpublicized. <laughs> yes, yes. For something that's well, such an epidemic. Much house. If it's all right with you, next next week I'd like to bring my proxy. Uh, bring yes. your proxy. Yeah. I'd like to. <laughs> and, and I think Bono is doing a concert. Really? Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> Good old Bono. Concert for Munkos. Oh, cares about his fans. <laughs> now, now here's something. Yeah. From the Dracula <laughs> one we did. Okay. Uh, we did worse old, Dracula yeah. movies. In case you weren't listening old, last week. Now, although Lon Chaney Jr. was miscast as Dracula. Yeah. Uh, the movie wasn't terrible. Not terrible, but not good. No, not not really good, but it has. Parts that are okay, mm-hmm. and it was the pe- fir- it was the first on screen transformation. Yes, into yes, a bat. and and so it's a, it's a passable one. Mm-hmm. Some say even uh, kind of good. Okay, and and Dracula's daughter. I got shit for that one online. Yeah, People yeah. said Dracula's daughter is good because it's got the lesbian scene. Yes, <laughs> yeah, th- that was the first thing I said when <laughs> you mentioned. <laughs> See, perverts like me and the rest of the. Eyes out there <laughs> know about uh, good lesbian scenes in horror. Yep. In fact, it was it was proxy uh, by Munchausen or whatever his <laughs> name yes. is, Paul yes. Raybone, who brought that up. Well, I'm the one who brought it up first because I know yes. it had a lesbian scene. Yeah, so we apologize. That's what I love about that. We apologize <laughs> to the fans, Chris Cluis, if you're listening, and the fans of Dracula's Daughter. Because it's that John scene... Where she's painting, uh, she needs a girl model, and she's painting her, and it turns very lesbian. Okay. <laughs> it could be more or less lesbian, to moderately but this was lesbian. very <laughs> lesbian. <laughs> now, Extremely lesbian. Mucho lesbianos. Now, uh, which is that, I watched that on the Spanish Do you? channel. Yeah. Mucho <laughs> lesbianos. <laughs> I like wow. the music. This one's <laughs> off the rails at the three-minute mark. Now, now, should we mention a passing? Yes, who passed? Oh, well, we should do. We're, we're going to do a we'll whole do episode. We'll do a separate. We're, yeah, about yeah, our friend okay. James Karen. Yes. Yeah, we we could we we know James and love him too much to try to squeeze yes. him into two or three yes. minutes here. But I we we wanted to squeeze him into mucho lesbiano. <laughs> he would have. He, yeah. he might have appreciated yes. that. <laughs> yeah, we will. He, he would have died a lot happier. We will do a future episode soon, uh, a proper tribute and yes. send off to the great, uh, wonderful James Karen. 
But so yeah, so uh, that was wrong. <laughs> Dracula's daughter. Yeah, because it's it's a respected weird. Okay, cult so film. let's see which which ones you have right, issue so with this week. And so. Son of Dracula. You know, not not a classic, but perfectly watchable. Just Cheney miscast. Yes, as the yes. count. So, so since sort of we're, we're threatening to, t- to take up the whole episode with the this introduction, yeah, I have more introductory material Go I would ahead. like no. to introduce. Hit me. because we like to keep the podcast on I'd a strict like scientific basis. Yeah, no, yes. okay. Yeah. So a researcher looked <clears throat> since 1850. There have been 56 case descriptions of people who believed they were metamorphosizing into an animal. 13 met the criteria for clinical lycanthropy. Wow. The Excellent. Understanding that that's they what are you'll have next week. It, that's it, yes. <laughs> and you can get that in uh, some of our uh, best offerings, the uh, clinical lycanthropy. Next box. week, he'll open yeah. the show by saying yeah. you have clinical lycanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a mistake, you're saying? You shouldn't have brought it up. But I appreciate that you took a scientific approach I, to the I like to, the to try to get us and, back yeah. on the rails. Yeah. And the one who discovered that was Dr. Lon Chaney Jr. Yes. <laughs> yes. Paul, yes. Paul as, a, as a scientist, Paul's bringing a scientific perspective to the show. You have to appreciate that. Thank you, Paul. I, I thank you. I, I like my work to be noticed. That really means a lot to me. <laughs> You're in the wrong place. Yes. <laughs> Professor Lawrence Talbot uh, discovered right. clinical lycanthropy. I promised Gilbert last yes. week that we would do, even though by the time this you're listening to this episode, Halloween month has come and gone. But we have one holdover because we did bad Frankenstein movies. Gilbert got very, very excited. I haven't Frankenstein, se- yeah. I haven't seen you that excited since uh, Muchos Lesbianos <laughs> <Yeah>. debuted. <laughs> uh, and and I I had seen and was familiar with every one of those awful Frankenstein movies. Scarily enough, including the one starring James Caron. Yeah, uh, especially. And then we did bad Dracula movies, and you were you were uh, active and animated, not as much. But this week, I promised you bad werewolf movies. So Raybone and I did some digging, and this is what we came up with. I don't know if I'll be, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a strict Cheney Jr. fan. Well, what if I started out with one that starred George Zuko? Oh, my God. And had Glenn Strange in it. Wait, 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 wait. Was that, <laughs> was that Mad Monster? You bet. Oh, my God. Yes. He's That's amazing, it. isn't yes. he? From and 1942. And, right. and as always, and they even used it in this uh, next to last, uh, oh, the, the first of the Jurassic World pictures. They have, what's his name with the long name? Uh, he's always the villain. I think it's an Italian name, which explains why he does <laughs> bad Wait a things. Minute. In the first Jurassic Park? No, no. The last... The first Jurassic World. Oh, which I didn't see. Vin- Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, D'Onofrio. Uh, yeah. He, when I saw him in that, all I could think is, well, this guy's been hanging out with George Zucco. <laughs> he says, we can train these uh, velociraptors and they'll fight wars for us. Famous last words. And so, yeah, in, in Mad, Mad Monster... Mad Monster is like Glenn Strange doing a combination of the Wolfman. That's right. And of Mice and Men. He plays Petro. Yes. Or Petro. 
and and it's it's also mice and men because he's walking around when he's Pedro. He's like, well, ah, uh, okay, doctor. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's it's both a Wolfman and a mice and men homage. Yes, how, dis- and how disturbing. There's there's one part in the movie I love. Uh Glenn Strange is you know he the guy was about eight feet tall sure. in real life and really big bulky guy. And he, uh, George Zucco, sends him to kill someone in the room. So he sn- he tiptoes up behind him <laughs> like you wouldn't hear. <laughs> it would be like Frankenstein tiptoeing. Right. Up. He tipped. And so, yeah, that that one I like. You'll have you. You you're actually going to defend this one. OK, I'll defend. No, I mean, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> But <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's a likable one. It's, it's an enjoyable piece. It took five of days shit. to film this, I, I this have, masterwork. That sounds like one shot Bodine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was actually uh, Sam Newfield. Uh, there's, I have one trivia piece with this. Go. In a few years earlier, George Zuko was in, in 1939, The Cat and the Canary. Yes. Starring with what mesmerizing woman? Oh, oh, uh, Paulette Goddard. Paulette Goddard. Oh, Very- gee. And the reason she was in the Cat and the Canary is that she had tried out in 1939 for another film, and lost to Vivian Lee, and that film was gone with yes, the wind. Yes, of course. So, uh, and I don't know if I said this. George Zuko, actually, late in life, his wife drove him to the office or maybe the apartment of Ed Wood. And he wanted it. They wanted to see if Ed Wood was making a movie that he could put George wow. Zucco. That's into. heartbreaking. That horrible. I think you may have mentioned that in our George Zucco episode, but it's no less sad and, to hear it and a second then time. Then some producer or or an George Zucco's agent, when George Zucco was too sick to do anything, he called a producer and said. Can you just call him and say you're offering him a job in a movie? Wow. He'll say no, but it'll make him feel better that people remember him. Wow. Sounds like Sunset Boulevard. It's very oh, it's yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Here's a yeah. last piece of trivia uh, on um, but, but be- before he, we move and on. I, I heard he was trained to perform cunnilingus. On rich women, George. <laughs> nice callback. Yes. Because <laughs> chimps back then were trained to perform cunnilingus yes. on that rich Hollywood As previously women. established. True yes. throughout the industry. Gotta yes. be true. According to British film historian Phil Hardy, this film, uh, Man-Made Monster, mm-hmm. shocked the British censor enough to ban it until 1952. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. I think... I think Mad Monster. that that the English censor they put out a warning on the film that uh, in real life doctors are not using animal blood. Yeah, it says then they then and <laughs> only then they had to insist that it should be accompanied by a disclaimer on the matter of blood transfusion. Yes, is he amazing? That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Gottfried, amazing. Okay, Gil. they should have added to that if you were that fucking stupid that you think <laughs> doctors would actually use animal blood. What if I told you Columbia a year later in 1943 no yeah. not, not the, the <laughs> yes. studio released a vampire picture with uh, Lugosi that also contained a werewolf. 
Oh, wait, wait. That was uh, 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 something something of the vampire. Yes. Uh, oh. It also God. starred Nina Foch or Nina Fock or Nina <laughs> Folk. I never knew how she said her name. Yeah. Uh, F-O-C-H. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, uh, he played Armin. Return, Return of the Vampire. Yeah, he played Armin Tesla. Yes. Very good. And, and it was Dracula. Yes. But they But he couldn't, couldn't call, call it, it Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, because and, it wasn't made by Universal. And <clears throat> they had a guy who was supposed to be the Wolfman, but wasn't the Wolfman, with a guy who kind of acted like Lon Chaney, but wasn't Lon Chaney. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the whole thing's a knockoff. The, yes. the, the Armand, I kept trying to say Armand Tesla backwards or something, because it sounds like Alucard. Armand you know, Tesla. Like it should be yes, some kind yes. Of, Where did they come up with Armand Tesla? And, but here was another trivia piece. Bella Lugosi was paid... Three thousand five hundred dollars for four weeks of filming. A lot of money back then. And now check this. You guys have to fact check this. Uh, Wikipedia says this was the last time he would receive top billing from a major studio. Ooh. In forty three. Forty three. Does that sound right? Yeah. Well, it's twelve years after. Good twelve years after Dracula. And um, but they do have a scene where when he's got the stake in his heart or the sunlight, where you see his face melting away. So that's good. <laughs> and I think they have a werewolf transformation scene. There, so must, there must be. I have never seen this. It wasn't terrible. Was Another case wasn't great, but, you know, wasn't that good even, but wasn't <laughs> terrible. That was very precisely articulated. What a race. Yes. 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 Return of the vampire. Why do they call him Armin Tesla? Because uh, he invented the radio in it. <laughs> <laughs> and the werewolf's name was Marconi. I'm determined... <laughs> I'm determined to stump you with one of these. Okay. You're very, was, you're very good on the Lugosi. He was Italian, Marco. Yeah, very, very good on. You can't stump him on yeah. anything with Glenn Strange or Cheney. Maybe I get him on this one, Paul. This is uh, from 19. And you know, Glenn Strange. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was, it was uh, Bob Burns who went to. Oh Glenn yeah, Strange. they were tight. Yeah, and he said, uh, you know, Cheney Jr. died. Nobody wants to talk about him. And and so Glenn Strange got out of bed, went to a station, talked about him, and they said a few days later he was dead. Yep, it's a great. It was a great story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bob was very close to uh, to Glenn Strange. Yeah, he saw him as a father. Do we stump you with this one from 1961? Werewolf in a girl's dormitory. Uh, oh yes, that was a. <laughs> Was that a Guinea production? Oh, I think? Ah, very uh, good. Italian horror film. Ah, see? <laughs> Directed by Paolo, Paolo Hoish. Right, except that the pro- producers insisted that he go under the name Richard Benson because yes. we will not have yeah. an Italian director <laughs> film in this studio. But shot at Cinetita. There you go. Shot in, in Italy and grossed. Shot in Italy. Grossed 115 million Italian lira. And, How about that? And I think what it was, does that come out to? <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those they could appeal to guys in the audience, not just with a monster, but with pretty girls and dormitory sounds really hot. <laughs> the American version of the film added the rock song "The Ghoul in School" to the opening <laughs> credits. <laughs> oh, so I'm God. not going to say this is. I'm not going to defend this. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolf in a girl's dormitory. And I'm not sure if I ever saw it or just saw stills in famous Oh, you monsters. saw it. I'm sure you saw I, it. I'm sure I uh, did. The, 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 uh, the German actor Kurt Lowens plays the werewolf. Oh, geez. In the film. Does that mean anything yeah, to you? Yeah, he's good. 
He, oh, he's uh, good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think so. He wouldn't be hung for war crimes. <laughs> He, he was punished by starving in this. I see. It was this or the Nuremberg trial. Yeah. <laughs> what about this one? And in the middle of filming, he said, is it too late to get on the Nuremberg trial? <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. What if I had? What if I told you I had a Lon Chaney Jr. one for oh, you? Oh, excellent. Oh, this, this is probably the Mexican one. Very good. What's yeah. the title? Was it Castle of Horror? No. Or uh, uh, Castle of Terror? You are so close. Uh, Paul, Paul, should we help him out? Yeah, I don't have this one. So La you get Casa it. del Terror, but it was released under the title The Face of the Screaming Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, what I remember best about this movie, there's a transformation scene. Yep. That's, you know, a good transformation. <laughs> it's a mummified werewolf in this But it, it's like, and I, it's probably because, you know, Cheney was older now and his drinking was certainly. Uh, yeah, I, he passed not long after this, yeah, right? Six, yeah. This is 65. So he was already, you know, years of alcohol. Because I remember seeing the werewolf. When he turns into the werewolf, I go, wow, he's got a big nose. Well, what actually happened is an, an American filmmaker, a low-budget filmmaker named Jerry Warren, combined parts of two unrelated Mexican horror films, <laughs> which they did in those days. La Momia Azteca, I assume means the Aztec mummy, and and your guess, oh, well, La Casa you, del Terror. You know something? He appears as the mummy. I think they open up. Uh, the coffin, or what do they call that? The sarcophagus. It's the sarcophagus, <laughs> which which uh, Raybone is suffering. Advanced <laughs> sarcophagus, <laughs> and he's the mummy, but he's got his face is like melting and blonde. It sounds blood. right. And that's the that's where the the face of the screaming werewolf comes yes. from. And then they unwrap him, and I guess he was. A mummified werewolf. Would you like to know the actual plot? Okay. A psychic woman named Ann Taylor regresses to a former life through hypnosis. She leads archaeologists into a pyramid where they discover a tomb of two mummies. One who turns out to be a mummified Caucasian that werewolf. A, that was a classic a book, A Tale of Two Mummies. Yeah, but Dorothy has two mummies. Yes. I think it was. <laughs> From a few years ago. Very progressive. The other was a mummified ancient Aztec warrior. Okay. And a mad doctor, played by Yorvair Beirut, kidnaps, <laughs> kidnaps the mummy slash werewolf to his lab and tr manages to revive him when the unwrapped creature transforms into a snarling werewolf. Oh, my God. Yes. But you knew it. That's what's amazing. Based, I just said Lon Chaney Jr. He knew it was Mexican. Yes, right. Based on a true he was close story. Based on a true yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find, Paul, on the face of the screaming werewolf? I, I didn't find much, but I uh, I was interested to move on to another one here. Uh huh. If you want to, we may have to... jumped over. We may have jumped over that one. Well, well, how about the one with uh, Michael Landon? Yeah, Gil. Oh, what's your teenage, take? On, I was a teenage werewolf. I was a teenage werewolf. Well, it's made by Samuel Arkoff. Oh, yes. AIP, yeah. And and certainly I'm a fan of Arkoff, mm -hmm. so I got to give it extra points. Me too. And then Landon, I like. So it's it's uh it's one of those movies that no, it's not good. 
The transformation scenes aren't bad. Yeah, I watched some yeah. clips of it today. Yeah, so those are good. And it made it made Landon. It made his career. Yeah, he got Bonanza a couple of years later. Yeah, what'd you find on that? Uh, I've got PR? the <laughs> I've run down the budget again. Okay, on this one, a budget of eighty two thousand dollars. And it grossed $2 million. Made money. So that's yeah, not bad. It's a profitable movie. And Would it, you invest 82000 to make $2 million? Absolutely. <laughs> and it <laughs> spawned those, those Teen Wolf movies. Uh, the, the Michael J. Fox and the Jason oh, Bateman yes, Teen Wolf movies yes, are sort, yes. of, sort of homages to, to I Was a Teenage he, Werewolf. The Teenage Werewolf and Teenage Frankenstein both pop up in, I, what is it called? The Monster Maker or... Uh, Oh, I know the one you mean. The one that's about the the uh, the one where there's a character based on Jack Pierce. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. He's a disgrace. I think it's called the Monster Maker. Yeah, he's a disgraced uh, uh, movie. Oh, how to maker. make a monster? Yes, that's yeah, it. That's, an that's a- it. AIP from uh, fifty eight. Was that Whit Bissell? Yeah, I think Whit. I think well, Whit Bissell's in uh, in uh, in Teenage Wolfman. Uh, in teen, teenage, in teenage Werewolf. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, he's the mad scientist. Um, this one was made in fifty eight. Uh, How to Make a Monster is the one you're thinking of with Robert Shane, Inspector Henderson. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was going to read that on a card of other oddities, but you ju- you jumped me again. Jeez. You knew that one. How to Make a Monster 1958. If, if it's monster shit, I know it. <laughs> what about She-Wolf of London from 1946, which was a universal yes, production yes. with June Lockhart. Oh, my was God. Was the werewoman. She now, was the werewolfess. That, that one... Also seems like one. I'm sure. I'm sure I saw it. You did with Don Porter. Yes, I'm sure I saw it. I'm sure I saw it. (laughs) And uh, but all I can remember really now is in you know photos I saw in Monster Magazine. Okay, what about Hammer Productions? I know you're not a Hammer fan, but in '61. They put out uh, Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, with Oliver, Oliver Reed. Reed, which yes. is actually purported to be a good picture. When was I, that? What year was that? 61. 61. Yeah. I don't know. They did. They you don't spent, care for that one. They spent too much time on what made him a werewolf. And it was like ridiculously exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Like there's a wedding, like the king is getting married and they bring in a drunk and the drunk insults the king, and the king locks him up into a dungeon. And in the dungeon, uh, he escapes, and all the other madmen escape, and they rape this one girl, and then she's put in a dungeon and beaten uh, for years, <laughs> and her son's a werewolf. And you go, just, just have him get Fucking bitten by a wolf. Just get to the throat ripping. Yeah, right. That's yes. what you want. Yeah. You want the werewolf scenes. You don't want all that exposition. Yeah. Uh, people like that picture directed by Terrence Fisher, who made a lot of Hammer pictures, um, a lot of classic Hammer pictures. What if I said to you, Gilbert? He did pictures about hammers. Did, what if I asked you if David Jansen of Fugitive fame ever played a werewolf? Holy fuck. <laughs> David Jansen. A, well, I, I cheated a little bit because it's a TV movie, and it's called Moon of the Wolf with Bradford that, Dillman. Oh, that title sounds familiar. And it's about a werewolf in the Louisiana Bayou, and it was directed by Daniel Petrie. Wow. How about that? This one I'm a little stumped You're by. You're a little stumped yeah. by that one? Made in, made a made-for-TV movie in 1972. We'll see what our listeners uh, have on this oh, one. Oh, they're screaming They'll right write now. in. <laughs> uh, this one is just to make Paul laugh. 
Uh, there's one from 72 called Dr. Jekyll and Ombre Loco. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch that right, right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Apparently, there's a werewolf in it. Oh, but you want to know a great, uh, a great urban legend about David Jansen. Oh, is that he's the son of, of Clark, uh, Gable. Clark Gable? Yeah, but yeah. not real. Yeah, yeah. But that was a great one. Yeah, Gil. Uh, uh, Drew tried to convince me for years that Larry Storch was the brother of oh, who was it? Some famous comic. Oh, I'm going to screw this up. Uh, I'll think of it. But of course, they weren't related. He comes up with some weird ones. Yeah, he Drew. makes them up. <laughs> well, like he said to me very seriously that. Eddie Cantor and Shemp from the Three Stooges <laughs> were having a homosexual yeah. affair. That's like his one about Clark Gable and who was it? Oh, uh, Clark Gable and Andy and, Devine. And Andy Devine. <laughs> he, makes, he makes them up. Which I say, that one is so good, I say it's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't need any proof. Clark Gable and Andy Devine fucking each other in the And ass. also the James Comack from uh, Chico and the Man uh, 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 fame was the illegitimate son of Uncle Milty, oh, which is yes, another thing yes, he claims. Yes. <laughs> Drew, Drew, if you're listening, we're coming for you. And he said that, well, this they were friends and they knew each other, but he says that Lon Chaney Jr. and Brother Crawford would at the studio dress up in women's clothes. <laughs> no, that one I believe. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one sounds good. It, it it would definitely make a good TV we'll, movie we'll, of the week. We'll have to do a whole mini episode with Drew about all of these rumors. Yes. We'll just have Drew come in and bullshit His us. are always very always, disturbing. Always disturbing and juicy. What about from 1972 also, The Rats Are Coming, The Werewolves Are Here? The title I know. <laughs> I know the title. And finally, from 1975, and these are just... I Who was in The Rats Are Coming? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Or maybe you just but, uh, don't want to tell leave me. Leave Ullman? <laughs> no, we do know that no rats were harmed. No rats were harmed. Yeah. Maybe some werewolves. In 75, this is the last oddity I have on my card here. The Werewolf of Woodstock. <laughs> starring Michael Parks. Oh, of Then wow. Came Bronson. Yes. And produced by Dick Clark. Doesn't that... Uh, yeah. Kind of blow your mind? Sure. I Woodstock think, is that kind of place? I think I saw Michael Parks at one of the last of the- He was at the Chiller Convention. Yes, yeah, he, I yeah, saw him. He passed away. And, and oh, he- Well, we were going to yeah. book him on the show, but he wasn't in very good shape. No. And then he passed away. And he looked terrible there. I'll ask you about this last- uh, I never saw Wolf, the Nicholson picture. Uh, Mike yes, Nichols, with Mike James Nichols. Spader. And Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Yeah, any good? It, it's 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 uh, 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 mixed reviews at best. Yeah, they, they could have shortened it. It's got some parts that are okay, but it's by no stretch a classic. And what about, did you see the Benicio <laughs> Del Toro remake of uh, The yes, Wolfman? Yes, yes, And what's your verdict on that? That one, okay, well, getting back to, oh, in Wolf, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson's makeup was very much like Henry Hull's makeup. Rick Baker, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But it was very much like Henry Hull's makeup in Werewolf of London. Interesting. Because uh, he had like a toned down, like big sideburns and uh, 
and the teeth. I never saw it. It was supposed to be sort of a satire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not so, a straight werewolf movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's got parts that are okay. It's it's not great by any stretch. And the, and the remake of The Wolfman in 2010? Okay. That was one I'll say I'll give it a generous passable. Okay. <laughs> he's, uh, a, he's a stern critic. Yeah. yeah he's harsh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it won't match up to the original Wolfman, but, you know, it was a nice try. Okay. But... Uh, I- yeah. I love the de- the description in IMDb that the plot of the Wolfman. Upon return to homeland, American man is bitten and cursed by a werewolf. That's it, isn't it? That's every that's every werewolf yes, movie. Yes, that's yes. pretty much. Oh, here's my favorite description of a movie. Uh, on TV, they had on this Charles Bronson movie, Murphy's Law, and him and uh, Kathleen Wilhoit. I think was, <laughs> okay. I started to say that like Johnny Carson. Ooh, Catherine Wilhoit. <laughs> hey, and and it says a uh, police detective. I wrongly accused police detective goes on the run with a rude girl. <laughs> That's a great description. <laughs> Fantastic. And sure enough, during the movie, she's saying to Bronson, "Hey." Dog breath. So she was rude. That's rude. Yeah, so she was very rude. <laughs> Lift up to its synopsis. <laughs> Two wolf movies I kind of like, and they're both strange werewolf movies. They're on the fringe of being werewolf movies. One is Neil Jordan's The Company of Wolves. I don't oh, know if you know oh, that yes. picture. That, that's like kind of like a fairy tale. It's like a little Red Riding Hood That's a great title. Take. Yeah, I recommend it. With David Warner, who we love, Terrence oh, Stamp, yeah. and Angela Lansbury. Uh, it's kind of a kinky revisionist take on Red Riding Hood. And I don't know if you've ever seen Albert Finney and Gregory Hines in Wolfen uh, yes, from the 80s, yes. and which I, I kind of like. And I think it was produced by Alan King. That is correct. Yes. And Rupert Hitzig, his former partner. <laughs> and uh, because, I don't know why I know that. <laughs> because Albert Finney, as he proved in um, whatever that Julia Roberts movie was. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Eric Brockovich. He, Eric Brockovich. Aaron, yeah. Aaron. He, he, he doesn't do the most convincing American accent. No. <laughs> he doesn't bother sometimes. So they wrote into the movie, into Wolfman. Wolfman. Wolfman, Wolfman is Wolfman. the Jewish. The Jewish family. The yes. Jewish werewolf. Wolfman. The Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote into it. That they wrote in a line like, oh, they used to call me the Limey. He didn't say he was from England, uh-huh. but Limey is to a cover the bad To cover the bad accent. Yes. <laughs> okay. In, but I love his accent in Brockovich because there it's like he's a Southern. I love Albert Finney in anything. Yeah, because he then he's no like... Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sending you on an important assignment, <laughs> and you go, oh, good job. You're making Albert. him sound like Dub Taylor. Yes. <laughs> so we recommend Wolfen and Company of Wolves. Gilbert says some of those uh, bad werewolf movies aren't so bad. And also, just for personal reasons... None of them are great. <laughs> None of them are even respectable. Well, good. Yeah. Then, then we lift up to the title of this episode. They're all like, kind of, like, you know, teenage, passable, if you like, a dopey movie. And Wolf, 
by no stretch great. And for personal reasons, I will recommend the great Larry Cohen, our former podcast oh, yes. guest, directed a comedy called Full Moon High. And I'm only going to recommend it because of the cast. Adam Arkin, Kenneth Mars, Pinky Tuscadero. Oh, wow. Pat Morita, Louis Nye, Ed McMahon. Oh. Who you just impersonated. Damon Wilson. And, of course, our friend Bob Saget. See, so, now that <laughs> I have to see. Full Moon High, Larry Cohen. And Larry Cohen, he I was... got to get him back here. He was a piece of work. I, You know, most of our guests, you know, after like an hour, hour and a half, they start, you know, they get tired of sitting, talking, all that. He would have gone on. If we let him, he would have been talking now. If we left, not, he would have yeah. kept doing yes. the show. <laughs> we love Larry. I'm sure he's got many more stories in him, so and, we'll have him back. And he, he's another one of those guys who, when you listen to him, you think... He's wonderfully full of shit. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's what this podcast is all about. So that, he my was friend, terrific. That wraps, excuse me, bad werewolf movies. Thank you for your I help, Paulie. Could I add one little tidbit? Quickly, as we're out of time. Yes. We're out of time. We saw the new Halloween uh-huh. this weekend, and I highly recommend it. Do you? It's much, you better do? Than it, okay. much better than it had to be. Okay. So check it out and tweet us and let us know what you think. All right. On your say-so. <laughs> Gilly? Shall you take us out? Oh, okay. Uh, this has been... Um, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> the face of the uh, screaming uh, werewolf. What has yes. this been? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me just remember one thing. Um, if even a man who is pure at heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf, when the wolf bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright. This has been <laughs> Gilbert and Frank's wow. amazing colossal obsession with bad werewolf movies. <laughs> Maria is starting to sound a little like Hervé. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those obsessions were truly amazing. I amazing. <laughs> Oh, no. Get me my silver bullet! <laughs> <laughs>